In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with me this evening. Tonight, I have... This is going to be a very fun interview, by the way. I have a colleague who is an MA and an MFT, marriage family therapist, who has this deliciously diverse background and interests that I am going to, it is going to be a delight to pick her brain on, as I have entitled it, you know, discussing our favorite things in sexuality. My guest is Moo Ghosh, and she has a background in digital music as well as a psychotherapy training. She did her BA in San Francisco State University, her MA at Pepperdine, both in clinical and her MA, both her clinical psychology at Pepperdine, and she's licensed by the California Board of Behavioral Science as a psychotherapist. And Moo has extensive experience working with a variety of populations and diverse lifestyles including working with individuals and families affected by HIV-AIDS, sexual abuse survivors, drug addiction, sex offenders and families of sex offenders, foster children, emotionally disturbed children, and their families in urban setting. But probably the biggest thing you need to know about Moo, she's been an activist and an advocate for sexual freedom for many years. She's a passionate writer and musician, and actually, I'm looking forward to figuring out how it was she made the jump and the transition into this, sex, love, and rock and roll. And she currently makes her living as a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist in California. So, Moo, I understand you're on the line with me. Hi, Lou. How are you? I am well, my dear. Very well, thank you. <laughs> can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Anna, is everything okay from your side? Everything seems to be fine. Yeah. Okay. So, Moo, what yes. had you make the change? Because I'm, I'm looking at your background, and it's digital music. It is, you know, this whole range of diverse backgrounds. Now, I'm one to talk because mine kind of looks the same. But what had you turn your focus to sex therapy? Gosh, um... Well, I guess I, I started in the mental health field 
you know, in, in college, I really wanted to do creative writing. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents were like, no, you have to do something more lucrative. Like, of course, they wanted me to go to business school or medical school or something. So I chose this, like, happy medium. I said, fine, I'll do psychology. But I had actually done, like, volunteer work in high school, and I was a youth educator in high school where you go into the middle school and talk about drug use, and then I worked with developmentally disabled kids at, like, a recreational summer camp for many years while I was in high school. So all of a sudden, here I am doing psychology at San Francisco State, and I have to do an internship. So I was sort of thrown into the mental health field. Okay. And... um Kind of, you know, I did it, and I really got into it. But then after I finished, you know, college, I was like, my passion is music and writing, so now I'm going to really pursue that. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I did, you know, and I played music, and I and I did all of that fun stuff for many years. But you know, at a certain point, I was like, I need to, I need to do. I felt like I needed to do something, and so I went back to school and got my master's in clinical psychology. And I wasn't feeling very passionate about it until I took a human sexuality class. You know, with you know who Linda DeVillers is. Oh, absolutely. Have you seen her new book? No, <laughs> I haven't actually, but I heard about it. It's Somebody awesome. Somebody told me about it. It's awesome, huh? Yes, it's yeah, awesome. So- so she was my professor at Pepperdine um, at the human sexuality class. And, Lou, in the MST programs, there's one human sexuality class, and it, it's two days long. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so I, I was like, this is what I have to do. I came from San Francisco. I lived a, you know, a really kind of sort of diverse sexual lifestyle while I was there, a little bit wild and crazy at times. But then I came to L.A., and... It was like taboo here. And it didn't really occur to me until I was sitting in that class and I remembered all my classes at San Francisco State where every other class was about sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's Jill Heard has put together a great program there. Yeah, I, I graduated in 95, so um, it might have been a while ago. But the, the one thing that I remember was that there was a, I did a human sexuality cluster as my like upper division work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, the biggest class on campus is a class called variations in human sexuality. You probably know it. And they talk about anything and everything but heterosexuality. I mean, you know, movies on bestiality, they had strippers come in and perform. I mean, it was so such a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and then when I came to Los Angeles and then was at Pepperdine, I kind of felt like this must be my calling. Mm-hmm. Now, so, so you have this, you've got, but let, let me ask you one question. You also speak of the impact, the cultural impacts on how we learn about sexuality and other areas. Because you come from, you know, a family with an Asian background, was there more of the pressure for you to not do the writing thing and to make sure you got a job that was going to pay? Absolutely. I mean, that's where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> now, my, my former uh, friend of mine and former assistant, she said, "There's not. It's not even a question." <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the Indian culture. I mean, they. My family came here to um, give their kids a better life. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you, you know, to be, to, in their minds, pursuing something like that, music especially, or creative writing, is a little bit frivolous because you can't really rely on it. Like, they just want to make sure that we're, you know, stable and have mm-hmm. security. So. And, 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 absolutely. Now, for anyone who is listening, we do have a call in line because we're going to be speaking because when Moo and I were talking about how we'd like to structure this show, she said she wanted to talk about some of her favorite things, like, open relationships, how this can, you know, um, expand your own awareness. And so anyone who has any questions about anything, this is your time to call in. And that number is 877-864-4869, repeating 877-864-4869. So... Let's just jump right in, Moo, because we're going we're gonna to come up to a break in probably about three or four minutes. Why are open relationships one of your favorite things to talk about? Um, well, I think the main reason is because it really encourages people to think outside of the box, to, mm-hmm. recognize, to recognize that there's other options out there that, that – we shouldn't necessarily be limited by what society prescribes to us. If if we like it and it's good for us, then 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 let's go for it. But if it's something that causes you distress, then it's good to look at all your options. Mm-hmm. Now, you know? how would how would you define for people? And I, I'm sure you have seen um, Tristan Taramino's book. Mm-hmm. Opening uh, up. Right. How would you describe for people what an open relationship looks like? What is the dynamic of it? Well, um, I just, it's funny because I just wrote an article on this, and somebody commented that they would call it, they like to call it permissive relationships, which I really loved that name, mm-hmm. as, opposed, as opposed to open relationships, because open, in her mind, was like it suggests that, you know, you're always doing whatever with whoever, whereas in a permissive relationship, you kind of go with the flow, and if something comes up, you deal with it as it comes up. And you um, talk about it between the two of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's consensual. Um, mm-hmm. And op- I think that that's true. I think that open the term open relationship is um, more suggests that two people might be not 100% committed or they might be in a situation where they're dating and they date other people. Um, And maybe it's my bad experiences with having open relationships because there was a lot of, I felt, dishonesty. Um, So I really liked the concept of permissive relationship when I I read it because, um, because, yeah, it is all about honesty and communication and consent Mm -hmm. and you know, discussing things with your partner and letting your partner know when something feels right and something doesn't feel right and hearing your partner when they say the same thing. Right. Now, so, with, with, so, but the openness is something that is also, I think people need to know that it isn't that someone is unhappy in a relationship. It's not like they're going out to have an affair somewhere else and then call it permissive relationship or an open relationship. Mm-hmm. This is something that is discussed between the couple, correct? Correct. Absolutely. 
Yeah, because that's one of the things that Tristan absolutely says. It is about the discussion and letting someone know. Because otherwise, you're withholding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that just does not work. Yeah. And I and I really like to look at it as though you're ex- like my version of it is exploring alternative lifestyles within your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's go ahead. When when you say alternative lifestyles, yeah. some people may not know what that means. They'll hear the word is English and go, "Okay. Ah, we have a uh, we're coming up to our first break here." Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Please stay with us. We will be right back. My guest is Moo Ghosh, and we'll be back right after the break. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. LinkedIn. It's a great tool, and Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you? Every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on toginet.com. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for education to excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to Excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this evening is Mo Goosh, and we were talking just before the break on 
um, open relationships, or as she prefers, and I think it actually is a lovely distinction, permissive relationships about the consensual um, play between partners in relationships, and also alternative relationships. And I was just about to ask her, can you define for people what an alternative relationship would look like? Um, Sure. the, The range of them. Yeah, I mean, an alternative to me, you know, having embracing an alternative lifestyle within your relationship is basically um, anything that doesn't is not the typical monogamous heterosexual relationship. That's kind of what the traditional frame is. Okay, um, a man and a woman, and then they get married, and then they, you know, they stay monogamous for, you know, their the rest of their life of their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk about alternative lifestyles, I talk about the gamut of um, of different relationships that can happen when a couple is married. Um, for example, the couple might together decide that they want to bring a third person or a third and a fourth person or, or something of that nature into their relationship on a short-term basis. Mm-hmm. So, that's one form. Um, and then, of course, there's there's other forms like polygamy or polyandry where they have a man might have several wives or a woman may even have several husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, you know, a couple, there might be a heterosexual couple where the man, um, in his spare time, he likes to go cross-dress and maybe he goes and dates, um, as a woman, he goes and dates other, you know, transgendered individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are the types of things that I'm talking about when I talk about alternative lifestyle. It's it's we have this. Everybody has sort of this this desire and this urge. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's a fetish, maybe it's some sort of fantasy, and to be in a safe relationship where you can go and explore this, um, where your partner knows about it, mm-hmm. and you do it. Maybe you do it together or, you know, you do it openly um, so that you sort of embrace that side of your sexuality instead of, um, instead of saying, no, it's not allowed, you know, we're not supposed to, um, it's not accepted, so I'm not going to do it, especially if it's causing some sort of distress, obviously, um, within the relationship. So your your website is lasextherapist.com. Do you have anything up on your site that would be um, uh, a blog statement or something where someone can go and read about this if this happens to be something that, that they themselves are, you know, looking at or, you know, querying for themselves? Sure. My um, LASexTherapist.com is my website. If you um, are on that website, you can click on, on the left, there will be like links to your tango and good therapy. I write for both of those webzines. Mm-hmm. Um, and those will take you to my profile. And while you're at my profile on those websites, you can see all the articles I've written. Okay. Um, so that's the best way to do it. Okay. Now, if you are... Here's one of my questions that I like to ask people in our field to get the range of how we define and what our definitions are for things. Mm-hmm. When we're speaking of someone with an alternative way or an expanded way of looking at how they are in relationship or how they you know, are attracted to someone, and as you and I both know, the who you fall in love with and who you are attracted to 
is something that is organic inside of you. It doesn't, you can't, you can't tell your heart who to fall in love with. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just that, that, you know, that attraction thing. When someone says that they are gender querying or they are gender fluid, how would you, if someone asked you that, how would you define that for them? Um, I, for the person that, that feels that way about themselves? Mm-hmm. Or let's say someone says, you know, I'm, I'm gender fluid or I'm gender querying and someone's attracted to that person. They go, ding, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, t- I mean, sexuality is fluid. Um, mm-hmm. for, for someone who is open and they're open to different experiences, they might find that um, in one phase of their life they're attracted to, to a certain gender. Maybe they're attracted to female. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in another another day, a, a few years go by and they meet someone else and it happens to be a male. A few years go by and they meet someone else and it happens to be a transgender individual. And then a few years go by and then they discover, oh, I don't think I'm in the right body for myself, that I might actually want to express myself as a male or female kind of opposite to what I have been for the last. I mean, that to me is kind of an extreme. Mm-hmm. But it happens. I mean, we have to we have to accept that we are constantly growing and changing and evolving, and with that, so is our sexuality. Of, of that, there is no question. And I hearken back to um, Helen Fisher's work, where yes. she speaks of how powerful and how variable female sexuality is throughout the lifespan, and. And my mind, one of the reasons why it really has not been discussed is because the majority of the work in the area of sexuality and sexual research has come from and been built on a male sexual function behavior model. And only now are we finally having enough work being done with the looking at the female sexual function model, and that, to me, gives so much validation and awareness because I know of women, and you may have seen this as well, who are 45 years old, 50 years old, whatever, and all of a sudden they totally identify as being heterosexual, married, and then they meet a woman and they fall madly in love, and it absolutely blindsides them. Yes, it happens all the time. It happened to Sybil Shepherd's character on The L Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen The L Word. <laughs> I will take your word for it, but it's true. I mean, I've had one woman who I knew who married. She is an executive. He was an executive. And all of a sudden, I was trying to call her one day, and I get this. If you're trying to reach me, this is my number. She's no longer in L.A. She's in New York. And she said, Lou, it was something I never expected to have happen. And Mm -hmm. she said, I have never been so blissfully happy in my life. Yay. Yay for her. (laughs) Exactly. So let me ask you one, one of my other questions was, given your diverse backgrounds, with your musical training, with the psychology and that, what are the things that are transferable from your musical training and your digital background into sex therapy and psychotherapy? And does your training, you know, does it augment from both ways going back and forth? Um, you know, that's such an interesting question, Lou, because I think that I have been, for the last 
you know, five, eight years or something, been trying to intersect these two worlds, mm-hmm. you know, and they've been, I, part of me has felt like, oh, they're, they're so, they're, they're too parallel and where do they intersect? Mm-hmm. Um, so that has actually been sort of an ongoing thing for me. I have no doubt that, that me playing um, music and being involved in the rock and roll world for many years um, has helped. I mean, it, 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 the, the, it's the subculture of, it's the subculture and the lifestyle. I mean, people are really sexually open and expressive in the musical world. Mm-hmm. And um, it in and of itself is sort of like an alternative lifestyle. That most people would probably say, you know, bands and everything else, even though music itself, my understanding is, is very mathematical. Yeah. Yeah. Music itself is very mathematical, but there's this, you know, and this is something that I haven't really even delved into, like studying the psychology of musicians and stuff, which might be something. Ooh, but I, mean, I think that would be great. <laughs> right? Oh, there's definitely, yeah, there's this flip side where they are, um, you know, the, the, the rock star, which is, you know, they party all night. They sort of, they lead these, you know, extremely wild lives where they're, you know, drunk, high, whatever, sleeping around all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the women are, are lesbian and gay and, and experimenting. And, you know, it's just the lifestyle is very open. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and it's a lot of sexual permission. A lot of sexual permission and and people are just kind of going for they're, everyone's fr- flying their freak flag, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so that's why I've always been drawn drawn to the rock and roll world, you know. Mm-hmm. It was so free. It was always so free. Now, were there, what are the things that in the area, because we've probably got another minute until our first break, what are the things that your training in sex therapy would help and aid or would be complementary back into the music world, into the rock and roll? Um, well, I think the one thing that I've found, because I am a trained, actually trained marriage and family therapist, so we do a lot of work with, like, systems work. So that's mm-hmm. not te- technically the sex therapy work, um, but the, the work that I do with, like, couples, um, I think personally would be immensely helpful for for, you know, musicians who are in bands together um, because the art of collaboration is it's so delicate. It, I mean, it's like, it's like a marriage. Um, absolutely. And when you – and here's the other thing. There's so much attention that is being focused on the music and the collaborating. You know, we have 30 seconds until our break. My guest, my guest tonight is Mo Goosh, and she is L.A. – sextherapist.com, and we have been discussing how there's the change in the switchover between her musical training and rock and roll world and sex therapy. When we come back, I have a great question for her on her new book that she is working on right now, which is Marriage, Money, and Porn, a 22-step guide to navigating relationships in a global economy. Please stay with us.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to TogiNet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on TogiNet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo. Dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this evening is Mo Goosh, and before the break, we were talking about the, the crossover between her work in music and her sex therapy training. And when we were um, setting up this interview, she said, you know, I want to talk about some of her favorite things. So, Mo, one of the things you spoke of, or I should say you typed, <laughs> was <laughs> how same-sex relationships can enhance our sexuality and how it has enhanced yours. Can you expand on that, please? Of course. Um, this is actually, you know, this is why I got into the field, to, to, you know, really. when I, I'll just give you a little bit of background. When I was um, growing up, I grew up in a conservative suburb, in Northern California, mm-hmm. and it was predominantly white, mm-hmm. and so this was in the 70s, and I always sort of felt like an outsider, and I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere, um, and then in the 80s, there was a shift. There was this music. I went to London in the early 80s, and so I was kind of exposed to this, like, lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. and the, 
that was happening in London. And I came back, and there was this, this thing going on, like the androgynous look. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and um, at that time, I was like 13, 14. And then the next thing you know is I started going to – I started going to these hangouts where I was meeting all these really, really handsome boys, and they were all gay. Mm-hmm. And um, but all of a sudden, I had all these friends, and I had this like community where I fit in. And I, you know, I met this, I met this boy, or so I thought he was a boy that was really cute and danced really well. Come to find out, he was a she. And I was, like, madly in love. I was 16 at the time, and that was it for me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, basically, her name was Angela, mm-hmm. and I started dating Angela. I was, I think I was 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And um, for the next eight years, I dated only girls and, and women. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I never, ever felt ashamed worried. I just sort of like, it felt so natural. It felt so comfortable. And I just, and I did it. And I was like, I totally was able to explore my sexuality to find out what I like sexually, what I don't like, what feels good. Um, And, you know, the lesbian community in San Francisco, which I was a part of for many years. I mean, sex is just openly discussed, like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And and um, and then at, at around the age of I think twenty four, I you know I started dating men. Um, I started dating my first boyfriend when I was twenty three, twenty four. Mm-hmm. And um, how different for, was that for you? Well, the, the hardest part was switching the lifestyle because okay. I just I you know I got a lot of slack from from my lesbian friends like oh are you straight now oh are you bi you know the labeling mm-hmm. that. That was the hardest part. Sexually, though, I was, I would say, probably the most well-adjusted female I know in my age, mm-hmm. in my age group, because I had been able to sort of openly express my sexuality where um, I saw a lot of my heterosexual girlfriends were struggling with, with their boyfriends, um, not enjoying sex, not being able to communicate about sex. And so I just felt really lucky and blessed with my experience. That's Um, an understatement. Yeah. So, and then I got into relationships with men, and I've always been, I mean, you know, not always. Obviously, everybody's, you know, there's always room for improvement. But I I definitely feel, like, more comfortable talking about my sexuality than I I noticed that a lot of my heterosexual female friends um, might. They've had to have a different journey, and I think that, you know, my journey helped me for me. It's not for everyone, obviously, but that's kind of where where I developed my um, my theory. Mm-hmm. And then um, if I can add one more thing, you know, in Greece, in ancient Greece, like, boys were turned 13 or 14, and one of their rites of passage was to have these same-sex relationships, which would prepare them for um, marriage and you know, fatherhood down the road to a female. Mm-hmm. So it's it sort of mimicked what I experienced. Now, you know? right now, may I ask, how was it that what had your desire or attraction shift from 
women to men? Did it surprise you? Um, I don't think it surprised me because if you remember, the first girl I dated looked, looked like, like a, a boy. boy. Right. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I do have to add, in between, um, I dated the gamut of girls, and some of them were um, very attractive, long-haired, feminine-looking. Um, but they always had something that was more, I hate to use the word masculine, but maybe something more um, tough about them. They were tough girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I wasn't surprised at all. I've definitely always, you know, drawn to, you know, that sort of alpha type. Okay. So, so being, and, 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 and I do also want to add, when I was younger, when I would fantasize about sex, it was always with a guy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, when you say younger, younger than 13, 14? Yeah, when I was, I mean, I remember, you know, starting to fantasize about boys at like nine, nine or ten. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and eighty-one MTV came out. Right. I was nine that year. <laughs> I was nine that year, so I was watching Duran Duran, and all those guys were super hot. Right, and androgynous. And androgynous, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was there. You go. That was the download. <laughs> There it is. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hot androgyny. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. I, because the reason I'm asking this, Mo, is my older sister, what, my older sister is gay, and she never really had, you know, grew up, we grew up in a very conservative Western Canadian city, happens to be Calgary. And she always thought that everyone, all girls, had crushes on their girlfriends. That was her awareness of it. And it wasn't until she, you know, so she just absolutely stuffed that. And she, you know, got married. And then when she was 31, you know, when her marriage had ended and she had two young daughters, she came out. And... Mm -hmm. It was something that she really had to develop her own culture. I mean, as she said, when it happened for her, I mean, you said, you know, there was a shift and a change of the people in your, you know, the the change of the lifestyle. Her comment was not only did things change dramatically when she divorced, and it's kind of like, you know, the division of the friends, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she said that the thing that really changed dramatically is when she came out and she said it was like everyone just disappeared. Mm. Which I just think is just like, hey, she's still the same person who she fell in love with is just different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So here's for you. The other thing I want to talk on, and I'm going to take one second here, I'm going to have to switch something, but I want you to put this into your brain. Your book's title is Marriage, Money, and Porn, a 22-step guide to navigating relationships in a global economy. So, Mo, I'd like you to tell me why global economy, porn, and navigating relationships belong in the same sentence. (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) Um, The reason I... um, Because, I mean... I don't know if it's as obvious to you as it is to me, but, I mean, 
we are we have so much access to porn now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the shift with the shift in our economy, our I mean our world has changed. You know, we live in a different planet now than we did you know twenty years ago, and. One of the things that is everywhere and accessible everywhere is porn. Mm-hmm. And the reason, it, the reason it's in the same title as money is because money issues right now with the economy the way it is are one of the main things that I see um, when I see couples in my office. Right. And, por- and porn is another big issue. Okay. Um, so it's it's sort of like... I hate to say it, but they go hand in hand. You know, with with that, you know, I would absolutely agree with you that the stress that many people are feeling with the, you know, money always has an impact because money is in essence a form of energy that, you know, ebbs and flows for many people. Now, yeah. how and have you structured this book? We have two minutes until our final break. I'd like you to walk our listeners through how you put this book together and what people will get if they go, because you're doing it as an ebook, correct, on your site? That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It should, be, it should be available in about a month. And basically, um, I cover the 20 top things that I see that are plaguing most relationships today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cover them all. And money is a big one. Porn is a big one. Um, I'll cover other things in there like um, sexual arousal problems in women, um, arousal problems in men, and mm-hmm. it, it's just it's such a quick, easy read, and I sort of talk in the voice of the reader, the client, you, anyone that can read it, they can sort of, um, you know, each, each topic is about four pages long, mm-hmm. and it's just quick and easy. This is this is what's possibly happening, and this is what you should do about it. Okay. Now, is there any reason for twenty-two as a variable of eleven? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I know some people. For some people, they find eleven to be a magical number. It is. So any, anything, is. anything that is a, a, a variable or a multiple of eleven, they're very happy. Well, now, we it's have, funny because. We have 15 seconds until our break. So <laughs> my guest is Mo Goosh, and we're talking about her book, Marriage, Money, and Porn. And we will, when we come back from the break, we'll go into why global economy, porn, and navigating relationships, as I say, belong in the same sentence. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Brown. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Yes, why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Mo Gosh. Gosh, I keep massacring it, don't I? Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. you know, like... I like it. It's fun. <laughs> it gives a little variety on a Wednesday night. We love yeah. variety. <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about your book that will be coming out hopefully around Labor Day. It'll be an e-book that will be on your site, lasextherapist.com. And when, you know, so you're publishing it as, you know, you're doing it, you know, as an e-book yourself. One of the things, given the title, you know, marriage, money, and porn, can you tell me and can you pull out two or three of the things that people are dealing with when they come to your office? I know when I wrote my my couple, what I call my couple's book, The Great Lover Playbook, what I looked at were what were the best ideas that worked for people, and if they didn't work for people and someone didn't use them, it was not in that book. Period. It had to be mm-hmm. something of a positive nature that gave them suggestions or, or gave them, you know, here, this is what we try. It might work for you. So mm-hmm. tell me what are, give me two or three that someone comes into your office and they're dealing with whatever. Pull, pull, it, pull an example of the 22 out of there. Okay. So, um, well, if you want to go with the money example, Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, I, I obviously I come from a psychotherapy background, um, so it might be different from coaching and what what educators do. Mm-hmm. Um, I te- you know I tend to explore with couples, um, for example, in money, um, their relationship with money, um, what they learned, how they save, how they spend, what they you know what their goals are, and. Um, help them to recognize how this relationship that they've had with money all these many years, they're bringing it into the relationship, and it might be creating or causing some of the frictions that they're happening. Mm-hmm. Um, similar with porn, you know, most people, I mean, most people, a lot of people come with um, these feelings about porn. Men feel guilty about the fact that they view it, and women feel maybe threatened by the fact that their partner is watching it. And mm-hmm. in, in therapy, we explore all, all of those things, you know, the belief systems around it and 
obviously I do a lot of psychoeducating, which is what I'm sure you do as well about mm-hmm. porn. Mm-hmm. Um, but helping couples try to, my goal as a therapist is, like we talked about the exploring the alternative lifestyles, is getting couples to open their mind um, to see what the problem really is. And generally at the core of something, you know, and I say generally, it's too general. I hate generally. But, um, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. I hear you. <laughs> I hate these, the bottom line, generally speaking. You know, I hate it when I say all these things. But, um, <clears throat> the, you know, a woman whose husband is watching a lot of porn and, not, and then they're not having sex, at the core of that feeling is neglect, a lack of appreciation, yeah. you know, Concern that he might be developing an addiction, you know, all of those things, and those are the real, those are the core things that we address. Right now, when, uh, when, and what I say to people is that their attention is going somewhere other than to the person. Mm-hmm. And when people are not getting the attention that has them flourish, they either pull away or things start to wither. I said this earlier today to someone, listen, I know a whole lot of relationships that have died as a result of silence more than violence. Yeah. And, you know, what, just because it's not spoken doesn't mean it's not an issue. Relationships are like gardens. You have to water them and nurture them in order for them to grow. Not even, not even a question. Now, when it comes to, let's say someone comes in and says, um, my husband's a sex addict because he is watching things online all the time. How do you deal with that? Because really what this person has done is they've done a personal diagnosis. And yeah. then they slammed someone with this and the person, and then all the shaming starts. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I personally have an issue with the whole, you, we just throw sex addiction around now, like it's going out of <sighs> style. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, you know I, I hate to bring it up. It's so cliche, but Tiger Woods, I mean, he has affairs with women. Does that mean he's a sex addict? I mean, a sex addict? When no, we talk here's about the thing about, real you know, addict? when I did um interview with Eli Coleman and then with Doug Braun Harvey, both mm-hmm. of whom, you know, this is, you know, their specialty area, mm-hmm. both of them had the same reaction. No one has any business diagnosing anyone they don't treat. And if you yeah. are a therapist, you absolutely are, you know, from an ethical standpoint, you don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, but, like, so, but, but, but Tiger Woods outed himself. I mean, he went around saying, or I don't remember if it was Tiger Woods or Robert Downey Jr. I can't keep up. But, you know, they were like saying, oh, you know, I'm the sex addict, so I'm going into treatment, you know. So my that's plan what is someone to told him. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, you know, so it's not, this is something that, you know, they use a very high-profile case, but, you know, I, I have a, another whole area for that conversation. But please, go ahead. The woman comes in. Let's say the husband finds the wife watching stuff. Have you ever had that happen? Um, the wife, no, actually. I can't think of any situation like that. Okay. But, so I mean, you- I know... <laughs> I know a lot of women who watch porn. Right. Do you but, have any same-sex couples that that's an issue? Um, with gay men, yes. Okay. It's more common with gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, 
they it's true it's it's common to sort of confuse porn watching with sex addiction you know everybody wants to because because it is i mean it truthfully it is a slippery slope you know yeah people, no, here's people, here's the thing it's here's what i i, I will tell people mm-hmm. sexual compulsivity sexual impulsivity and sex addiction they really are similar they are the same a uh, 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 sort of a, uh, a joining together of terms that describes certain behaviors. They're all describing a similar behavior. But we don't, this is such a new area and everything is so available. How do you tease one thing out? And admittedly, for some people, it is causing a great degree of distress in relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you you bring up a great point that it's a compulsive a compulsion, mm-hmm. and you know it's a rumination, obsession, and a compulsion. And mm-hmm. at the end of the at the core of those is, is it's a severe anxiety, and it doesn't matter how it's expressing them, whether it's expressing itself through sex, through porn, through alcoholism. You know, they're all part of the same sort of disorder, and or you know, or, or behavior like world. or behavior, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. one of the biggest things you and I see in a way to give people more permission or more balance within their their world of sexuality is to not have something, you know, automatically be considered wrong or unusual. As you said, you know, you are a strong advocate and an activist for sexual freedom. And what I am is I'm a huge advocate for sexuality education that is respectful for people mm-hmm. and isn't judgmental, but gives them, here's the information, this is what people will say, but not have it, you know, be, uh, you know, not have them automatically be wrong because the shaming relative to sexuality is probably the first thing that most people will have happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that, to me, is really, it, it's rather unkind. And the people who really get beaten up by it are men. And it's just, it's, just, it's mean, actually. I, I, there's so many things where let's control their behavior by telling them you're all wrong. No. Yeah, that's such a good point. And, and you know, what you're doing in, in terms of educating is so important because, the lack of education that people have around sex and sexuality leaves people without the tools to discuss them when it comes in relationships. Education is the first, is the first step. You know, and, and, and having someone give you information, you know, as you as a therapist, in a way that allows them to go, oh, okay, so they don't have that tightness in their chest. So... When they, you know, want to have an answer, it goes, and it goes, oh, so this is okay. Not I'm automatically, you know, because we just, our culture, you know, when you, you know, we have three minutes until the end of our show. What I'd like you to do, Mo, is tell me from the cultural standpoint, you know, societal views affecting how we are, you know, from your culture growing up to, you know, where we are now, how have you seen the shift and the change? Like, just as an example, what do you think the change is in the number of people who have gender 
um, fluid or more open or more permissive relationships? You know, I think that we were moving forward for a while, maybe like in the 90s. I definitely saw a lot of progress, Mm -hmm. but something happened, and I don't want to mention any president's names, but... We, I, That's I feel okay. We can say anything here. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely feel like there's been a regression. I mean, I, you know, I just, I can't believe that that we're still fighting over this gay marriage thing. So, so you know, when I, when you ask me this question, it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, maybe we're seeing sort of small shifts and small changes, but as a society as a whole, we haven't moved forward that much at all. Well, I, I think also when people go through economic issues or stress issues, they automatically go back and say, let's go back to the good old days, supposedly good old days. Mm-hmm. And then it will point out to them that from a cultural anthropological standpoint, the good old days weren't so good. <laughs> yeah. A little FYI. What we need yeah, to look at is... great point. I mean, that's, you know, um, Kutz's book, you know, The Way We Never Were. We have one minute until the end of um, the show tonight. Tonight, my guest is Mo Goosh, and she is, you can find her at lasex.com. Her book, which is entitled Money, where did I put it? It's Marriage, Marriage, Money, and Porn. And a 22-step a- guide to navigating relationships in a global economy will be available, um, hopefully by Labor Day. And, Mo, thank you so much for being on my show. This is great. Thank you so much, Lou, for having me. It was wonderful to be a guest on your show. I feel honored. Well, well, my pleasure. And I do think that you really have something there with looking at the sex rock and roll and seeing how the two of them, the music and the sex can blend together. I think I got to do it. Thanks so much, Mo. Thanks, Lou. Have a great night. I shall. You too. Bye now. Bye. TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health: our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.